Welcome to the Victory Orlando Church Podcast. We are so glad you decided to join us. We want to help you to know God, find freedom, and discover your divine purpose so that you can make a difference with your life. We pray this message encourages you, inspires you, brings you hope, and builds your faith. Today we're going to, I want to kind of wrap up our series that we've been in called In the Valley. And hopefully it's been a blessing to you. We've been talking about Life in the valley, life in the low times, because we all experience low times, but we all also experience the good times. Life is a series of good times and valleys, mountains and valleys, and so we've been talking about it because I think it's important for us as believers, like, how do we do on the rough days? How do we do in the low seasons? And so we've been learning a lot of uh, great things, and I actually, I had a different message to share today. And uh, God kind of rearranged my plans and directed me to preach this message. And so uh, today I want to preach a message called, There was a flood, but I still have peace. <laughs> there was a flood, but I still have peace. How, anybody need peace? Anybody feeling stressed out? Anybody feeling worried? A little pressure? Maybe it's because of the holidays and money and the economy and gas prices or tensions at work or maybe tensions at home. Come on, that's pressure right there. That's stress right there when it's at home, you know. And maybe, you're, maybe you're even ashamed to admit it in church. You're like, I'm supposed to be good in church. Like, you just be you in church, baby. Don't come in here being all when everything is falling apart. Just be you and it'll be okay. No one's going to look down on you and judge you. And if they do, you come tell me. Because that's not who we are. We, we are a church of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Come on. So, you know, just the reality of life sometimes is that it can feel overwhelming. Life can be stressful sometimes, you know. Maybe your family's trying to eat you at Thanksgiving. Or, or you feel like people are at each other's throats, pushing each other's buttons. I guarantee you there will be opportunities on Thursday to feel stressed out when the turkey is taking longer to cook or whatever. Or somebody doesn't like mashed potatoes with skins on them and that's what you made. And now they're upset or whatever. Come on, how many of y'all know that's real life? You know, if you feel a little stressed out, you feel like you need a little extra peace, you are in good company. Come on. If you look around this room, you'll see a room full of people who desperately need peace. That's all of us. We all need peace. Here's the good news. Jesus has given you peace. You don't even have to ask him for it. You don't have to beg him for it or hope that he'll do it for you. Please, Jesus, I'm trying to be good. Will you give me peace? He's already given it to you. Let me show you. John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus is speaking, and this is what he says. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So Jesus has already given you peace. Isn't that good to know? He says, I do not give you the kind of peace the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That is so good to know. Isn't that just like that? Just knowing that right there kind of relieves some stress. Jesus has given you peace. So it's already in you. The peace of God is already yours. It's yours. You have the peace of God. It's just that sometimes... We don't live in the peace of God, you know. We choose to give our peace away to situations. We choose to give our peace away to worries and anxieties. But we can choose to live in the peace of God that is already yours. It's kind of like your house. You have a house you live in, right? Or maybe an apartment. You have somewhere to live, and you are the one that lives there. But how crazy would it be is if you had a house, you were paying the mortgage or the rent on, and you gave the keys to some stranger that didn't like you and wasn't for you and said, here, you go ahead and live in there. I'll just figure it out somehow. None of us would do that, right? But so many people do that with the peace that God has given them. 
God has given you peace. It is yours. And then when stressful situations come, when hurt comes, when brokenness comes, when, when anxiety comes knocking at the door, what do we do? We're like, okay, anxiety, you go ahead. You come on in. You can live here. And peace just goes out the door. But it doesn't have to be that way. I almost called this message, there was a flood, but I got my peace back. And the Spirit of the, God, the, Spirit of the Lord corrected me. And he said, no, you don't have to get your peace back. It's already yours. I still have peace. I had peace before the flood, and I still have peace in the flood, and I have peace after the flood. Amen. And that is how we can live, right? We need peace. We live in a world of chaos. <laughs> Anybody watch the news lately? Anybody been on social media lately? Come on. Anybody talk to another person lately and there's conflict, differing opinions, and, and it's just so many things happen in our lives and we need real peace. You know, not the kind of peace from Jack Daniels. You know, not the kind of peace, you know, like I just need to forget about some things and I'm going to take a pill and I'm going to have momentary peace. Not the kind of peace like I'm going to put a mask on and fake it till I make it and pretend like everything's okay. But on the inside, I'm really falling apart and everything's not okay kind of peace. We don't need that kind of peace. Everybody has that. That's not even peace. That's just a momentary fix. That's a band-aid. But Jesus is the source of peace. Scripture says he is the prince of peace. And he has given you his peace. Come on. Come on. There's, there's a lot of ways the world tries to offer peace to us. Um, I actually Googled that this week, how to find peace. How can I have peace in my life? It's funny when you Google that, there's a lot of things that show up. But some of the top answers are walk, go on a walk by a river, go out into nature. Or uh, uh, one, one answer that I saw was just sit and take some deep breaths. Or uh, another one of the top answers that I saw was do a good deed. Those, those are all really good things. I hope you do those things. You know, maybe you've got the, the Apple Watch and it reminds you all the time when you're stressed out. Uh, breathe, you know, the Breathe app. Thank you for the Breathe app. You know, that's great. Great. Do that. That's really good. Uh, I hope you do enjoy nature, you know. Go walk by, go for a walk. Like, really good. But those things don't really bring peace. Maybe in a moment it might temporarily relieve the stress you're feeling when you get away from that person for a moment in your family, you know, or, or maybe in a moment it might talk you off the edge when you feel like, but it's not really bringing peace. It's just bringing you a moment. You know, I was like, I, I know when, when my mom passed, she lived in Beijing, China, and it was kind of sudden, and, and I'm on an airplane flying over to a country where I don't speak the language and I don't know how I'm going to get around, and then I'm sitting in her apartment trying to figure out what to do with all this stuff and take care of things and get things home across the ocean. Like, in that moment, walking by a river, deep breathing wouldn't bring me peace. I needed real peace in that moment. And we go through real things, difficult things, real brokenness, real loss, real things, that we experience in life, and we need peace. We need something more than we can get on our own. That's where Jesus comes in. He says, I've given you my peace so that you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to struggle all your life with anxiety. You can walk all the days of your life in the peace of God. Come on, isn't that good to know? So we're going to figure out how do we walk in the peace of God. Um, uh, there was actually this week a literal flood here at the team center. <laughs> Some of you might have seen it on social media or an email. There was a flood here at the team center. Um, I got a call Tuesday morning. I was working off site. Miss Rhonda was here to do some cleaning. Uh, aren't you thankful for people that clean things? Amen. And uh, she called me and she said, Pastor, there is water coming out from underneath the door on both, on both of these units, next door and the kids and, and here. And that is never a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good call to get, you know, but I was thankful. And so I said, I'm on the way. I, I got here and as I was driving, you know, instantly, you know, all the thoughts come, right? Anybody else a person? And, and when things start happening, like all the thoughts start rushing in, what happens to all of us? 
thoughts coming, well, things, things are probably going to be ruined. How are we ever going to have church again? What, you know, what if it just costs all this money? We're trying to, we're trying to have enough money to, to move and to be in a, a bigger place. And now we've got what, you know, like all the worst case scenarios, right? And, and he, I just, in, in that moment, the Spirit of God just, just rose up on the inside of me. And it was like, wait a minute. What does it matter? It's going to be okay even if there's a flood. You don't even know what it's like. Let's figure it out when we get there. And, and, and God spoke to me in that moment. He's like, you already have my peace, so don't leave it. Because before the flood, I had peace. So can a little bit of water steal the peace that God has given me? Am I saying that water is more powerful than the peace of God? The last time I checked, the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on. So I get here and um, open the door. Sure enough, there was water coming out um, pretty quickly, a little stream of water coming out from both the doors. And I open the door next door and water just over my feet. Praise the Lord. There was a lot of water. If you don't believe me, you can ask Miss Rhonda after service, and she'll tell you about it. They'll put the picture up on the thing. And I'm wading into the kids' room, and there's you know this much standing water in there. It's up over my shoes. And I find out there was a, the, the water supply line in the bathroom that fills up the toilet had broken off and was just shooting water <laughs> everywhere. And, and so I turned it off, and I'm standing there in this water thinking what now what are we gonna do we gotta have you know kids last sunday we had 40 kids in service and we'll have just about that many again in there this weekend like what now okay jesus and i just began to give god thanks you know, Miss Rhonda and I were in there. We got uh, things sweeping the water out. I'm like, well, this is just an opportunity to praise God. I had peace before the storm, before the flood. And I'm going to have peace in the middle of the storm. But what we have to realize is that every flood, every obstacle, every valley is an opportunity. I had the opportunity to get upset. We had the opportunity, didn't we, Miss Rhonda? We had the opportunity to get frustrated, to get worried, to get fearful, to get anxious. But... Every flood is also an opportunity to live in the peace of God, to give God thanks. Every argument at home is an opportunity to escalate it, to make it worse, to feel frustrated, to feel like this thing is going to break apart. Or every fight at home, every obstacle is an opportunity to walk in the peace of God, to be an example of the life of Jesus, of the forgiveness of Jesus. Come on, everything is an opportunity, and it's literally a fork in the road moment. You have the opportunity to continue to operate and live in the peace that is already yours, that you are already living in, or you have the opportunity to give that up and go the other direction and live in worry and fear and anxiety. It is a fork in the road moment. And I, I believe as, as I was driving, God spoke to me and he reminded me of that. And, and he, he brought me back to the scripture, Isaiah 43. If you've got your Bibles, anybody brought your Bible with you to church? Come on, just a preacher today. All right, let's bring our Bibles with us to church. Maybe you've got the Free U Version Bible app on your phone. You can open that up. I'll see the nice little glow on your face. I'm going to pretend it's the Bible and not Facebook. Isaiah chapter 43 is in the Old Testament. Uh, verse 1, it says this. It says, this is what the Lord says. So God is speaking. He who created you, O Jacob, O victory. He who formed you, O Israel, O victory. He says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. Aren't you thankful God has redeemed you? That means he brought you out of sin, brought forgiveness to you. He says, I've summoned you, I've called you by name, you are mine. You are my sons, you are my daughters, right? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
And when, you, and when you pass through the rivers and you open the door to the kids' room and water rushes out on you, it will not sweep you away. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Isn't that good? It sounds a little bit like Psalms 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, you come for me. And he says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on. Are we getting this? That in the valley, in the flood, God is with you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to lose your peace in the flood. You can still have peace in the flood. Come on. And we just began as we were sweeping all this water out, sucking water out of the carpet just to give God thanks. Well, praise the Lord. I was just praising God. Thank you, God, it didn't come from the ceiling. Thank you, God, it wasn't worse. Thank you, God, it wasn't a sewer line. Come on, somebody. See, there's... Somebody told me a story about like, well, you had a flood. They had a sewer line burst one time. And I was like, "Woo! that's a whole new level of praise right there. Thank you, Jesus. It wasn't that. I'm just praising God. You know, as uh, you saw the picture of the team center, the water, as it filled up that room, began to come under the walls and began to fill this room and, and began to move. And I just began to think as we were standing over there, oh, we just had all this food that got brought in. Yeah. I'm thankful uh, because as the water came across, it stopped back there by the curtain where the food was. And there was like one or two boxes of mashed potatoes that got a little wet, but everything else is fine. Come on, Jesus. See, the devil sometimes, he'll work through situations. He thinks that a little bit of water is going to stop the move of God. But I'm just, you got to get up a little bit earlier in the morning. You, the devil cannot stop what God is doing in your life. The devil cannot stop what he wants to do through the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Come on, that's what we are a part of. We're going to continue to move forward. So I, like, I, I, I had to learn this in my life. How do I live in the peace of God? You know, like, and so... I want, to, I want to share some things with you guys today that I've learned. I would, I would not be a good pastor to you if I did not teach you what I have learned and how to live in the peace of God. So today I want to give us three keys to living in the peace of God through any flood or any valley, all right? Uh, hopefully you'll write some of these down. Number one, if we want to live in the peace of God, realize some things you cannot control. <laughs> oh, this is a shock to many of you. But some things are not in your control. I cannot control that little, uh, little plastic thing that burst in the, the supply line that created the flood. I cannot control that. It just happened, and life happens sometimes. Sometimes it happens because people purposely do things. Sometimes things happen on accident. or Just realize that some things are out of our control. It's just that so many people sacrifice their God-given peace on the altar of control. They want to have control more than they want to have peace. They want to determine the outcome more than they want the peace. They want all these, we want the control, but listen, God didn't give you control, he gave you peace. Yeah. What did Jesus say? He says, my peace I live with, leave with you, my yeah. peace I give to you. He didn't say my control I give to you, <laughs> right? It's peace. So we've got to realize that there are going to be things that are out of our control. And listen, worry and control aren't going to change the outcome anyways. Right. So you might as well just keep your peace. You might as well just have peace in the middle of it. And we live in a culture that is looking for peace. We live in a culture that is worried and stressed out. You know, the number one prescribed medication in America, and Josh told me how to pronounce this in between services, and I'm probably still going to get it wrong, but the number one prescribed medication is... Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Josh. Astrostatin. I, I know I said it wrong, but I did my best. Praise the Lord. But it has to do with high blood pressure, with, with hypertension. 
In other words, stress. People are stressed out. There was 24 and a half million prescriptions in 2020 for this medication. Number one prescribed medication in America. That's nearly one prescription written every second of the year. We live in a culture that is driving people to this place. We're like, I just can't take it anymore. I just need a moment of relief. Can't even sleep at night. We've got people getting prescriptions for sleeping aids because they're so worried. They're so anxious, so stressed out. I mean, another grouping of prescriptions that was written is, is op opioids. Most of us know what that is. Last year, 2020 alone, in the United States, 142 million prescriptions. That's nearly four and a half prescriptions every second of the year written for people to handle pain, to handle stress, to be able to just cope with what they're going through. People need peace. People are looking at anything they can find, even if they know it's destructive towards them, just for a moment where the voices stop, where the pressure stops, where they can escape and take the edge off and whatever else it is. So please don't hear what I'm not saying, though. I'm thankful for doctors. I'm thankful for pharmacists, and I'm thankful for medicine. I believe God works through those things. Amen? Okay, so I'm not against those. I'm for those things. God works that way. But I also believe in what Jesus said, that he gives us something that we could not get on our own. God gives us wisdom. He gives doctors wisdoms to figure those things out, to know the right things. But don't just take anything. Before you take something, ask God, is this your will for me? And let God direct you in those areas, right? God gives us something greater than we could ever figure out on our own if we would ask Him. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says this. He says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. Somebody's praying right now, they're like, Jesus, I don't need any more children. That, that's a different, that's not what He's talking about. That was funny right there. I don't care what y'all say. You'll get it on the ride home, be like, oh, that's what He meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> Isaiah is writing a, a prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus was born. He's writing about when Jesus would be born, right? And he's describing who Jesus is, what Jesus would bring to our lives. He says that a son would be born, given to us, and he says the government will be on his shoulders. If there's ever a time we need the government to be on Jesus' shoulders, it's all the time no matter who's elected. Amen. Come on. It's all the time. Our culture is constantly stirring things up, trying to divide us. Did you hear what they said? I can't believe what they did. Right? We need government. We need leadership from heaven, not from earth. Right? He says uh, the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. I wonder, have you consulted with your Wonderful Counselor? I know we consult with all the other counselors. We consult with a Facebook counselor. We consult with Instagram counselor. We consult with this counselor and that counselor and the, the water cooler counselor and everything else. But what about the wonderful counselor? And again, hear me. I am pro-counseling. I'm not against counselors. I believe it's important and valuable. But don't just listen to anyone. If you need counseling, good, but get a spirit-filled Christian counselor, somebody who can align with your vision and your values. Don't just listen to anybody. In fact, don't even take my word for what's in here on a Sunday just because I have a mic and a platform. Don't take somebody's word because they have a podcast or a big church or whatever. Find out for yourself. Write it down and get into the word and say, God, what are you speaking so that you can understand it for yourself? Don't listen to anyone 
Find out what God is speaking to you. You know, like, like and, and by the way, if you need a Christian spirit-filled counselor, you know, we can help hook you up. We know people, even some in this church, we can connect you with and help you find somebody that's going to help in that area. But listen, when you don't know how to respond in a situation, when you don't know what to do, you know, that family member coming on Thanksgiving or the situation at work or whatever it is, just remember you have a free session with the wonderful counselor Amen. all the time. You just got to reach out to him. He says he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government, the leadership that he brings to our lives, and his peace, there will be no end. Come on. There will be no end to his peace. You get that? Like the peace that is in you already, there's no end to his peace. There's an end to Ambien. There's an end to Xantax. They wear off. There's an end to Jack Daniels. It only lasts for so long, but his peace, there's no end. It covers everything. He said the leadership that he's bringing to our lives in his peace will never end. There's always enough. There's always more. He never runs out. Isn't that good to know? You can never go through a hard enough, stressful enough situation that God doesn't have peace for you for that he's already put inside of you. Isaiah, he's writing this at the time. Well, their culture still was looking for answers. They were still stressed out. They were still wondering, where is the Messiah? Where is Jesus? He's writing to them. There was no way. There was no mental health days. For them, there was no, there was no Ambien, there was none of those things, no ibuprofen, none of that. And he's writing and saying, hey, there is coming one who is going to help you more than you ever could know. That will bring peace to your life that will never end. Now, we need to understand peace is not laziness. Peace is not kicking back and be like, okay, sirrah, sirrah, that's not peace, right? Peace is not inaction, right? We need to understand there's a difference between that. Uh, peace is really, you know, when things are out of our control, that we stay calm, that we keep trusting in God, that, you know, peace is that we, we understand when things are out of our control, that God is working things together for our good. We, we do what we can do on our side, but I'm not living in stress. I'm not living in worry. I'm not living in anxiety or panic. I'm not paranoid. I'm choosing to live in the peace of God. I, I can be joyful when I've got water up to my shoes. You know, I can be <laughs> joyful in those moments. It's a, just a decision. I'm going to live in peace. Some things are out of your control, but what is in your control? You can choose to live in the peace of God. That is in your control. Come on, that's good to know. You are that that is in your control. But what happens is that in those moments, uh, the Bible says the enemy he comes around. He's a great pretender, the devil. Did you know that? It says that he roams around like a roaring lion, disguised as an angel of light. It says that he, he, he likes to come in, the devil likes to come in and try to overwhelm like a flood. He wants to make you feel like things are worse and badder than they really are. In fact, Isaiah 59 verse 19 says this. This is the New King James Version. He says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, wouldn't it be great if it said if the enemy comes in like a flood? But it doesn't. He says, when, so it's going to happen, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. So when the enemy comes in, he's trying to overwhelm you with emotions and thoughts and feelings and anxiety is, is trying to grip you and crush you. When it comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord that's in you will lift up a standard against it. It'll lift up a barrier, a defense against this flood that is trying to come your way. The spirit of God inside of you in that moment when the flood is coming will lift up something inside of you. The Holy Spirit will stir and be like, hey, don't be afraid. God is with you. Hey, don't worry. Don't get in fear. It's that fork in the road moment when the spirit of God rises up. Something stirs inside of you and there's that moment of boldness. If you'll step out in that boldness, come on, 
Spirit of the Lord is going to, that's God rising up on the inside of you. But the same fork in the road moment, you can rest assured, all of the thoughts and the overwhelming stuff is going to come too. So what are we going to choose? What are we going to choose? See, the, the reality is, is that the flood, it, it, it can't mess with what's on the inside. The devil, he likes to come put pressure from the outside. He likes to mess with the external things, but he can't control what's on the inside. He wants to pressure you. See, you are ridiculously in control of the peace of God inside of you. There's no one more in control of who you are on the inside than you. Come on. Let that set in for just a minute. So the flood, it can't affect your peace unless you give it. The, the valley can't affect your peace. The, the brokenness can't affect your peace unless you say, okay, go ahead, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up my peace and choose this other stuff instead, right? I love to watch the show uh, on TV, Deadliest Catch. Anybody ever seen that before? Um, it's this, these crazy guys that go out on these steel boats in the middle of the Bering Sea, some of the worst seas in the world, fishing for crab. They'll put some stuff on there. And they have, while they're out there, these enormous waves, 20, 30, 40-foot waves that crash over the side of these boats, trying to take them out in that crazy, that's a lot of water. A lot of water. And it's crashing over there and just, just flooding the boats. What's interesting is that, I don't know if you've ever known anything about a boat. If a boat fills up with water, what's going to happen? It's going to the bottom. It's a 100% guarantee. If that water that crashes in just stays in that boat, it's going down, baby, and going down fast. But something happened along the way where boat engineers figured out how to let all that water come in but wash out the sides. It washes out the sides, and a lot of times you can see it. I know it's tough in some of this footage, but you'll see water flushing out the side of the boat. See, it's the same true in our lives. The waves are going to crash in. The floods are going to come, and it's going to feel overwhelming. When that thing crashes over your life and it looks like everything is falling apart, man, we've got to make sure that we engineer our lives in such a way that the waves wash out the side, that the stress washes out the side. Because if all of that stuff just stays in our lives, it is a guarantee the boat is going down. Our lives are going to sink because our lives were not meant to handle all of the stuff that tries to come and overwhelm our lives. We've got to make sure we allow the Spirit of God to come into us and engineer our lives in such a way that when those waves are coming in, like, oh, I still have peace. I still, I'm choosing to walk in the peace of God. Amen? Come on. Amen. So that's what we're talking about today. We're learning how to live in the peace of God. Number one, some things are not in our control. No more than those guys on the boat can control the waves. The waves are coming. What's in your control is walking in the peace of God. Here's number two, ways to live in the peace of God. Keep your priorities on track. This is so big, and honestly, where I, uh, most people get off in this is that they lose track of their priorities. So you go through a problem. Sure, a problem needs to be solved. You know, you, you got to deal with the problem, but just because there's a problem doesn't mean it's priority. What is the priority of our lives? Our priority of our lives is to live in such a way to know God and to help other people to know Him. Yeah. That's priority. A problem, yeah, it has to be solved. When, when we were standing there in all that water, we had a problem. <laughs> they'll, they'll put another video up there from, from the other room where the water was, and you'll see us pushing the water out, all the water out. We had a problem that had to be dealt with, 
But what, what God spoke to me in that moment is just because there was a problem, the problem wasn't priority. It didn't override what we are here to do because all the thoughts were there. Man, I guess we're not going to be able to have church and, and what's going to happen then? And all, like, like all the thoughts were there. But then something was there. It was like, no, the priority is, why are we here? To reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus, connect them to the verse. We're going to deal with the problem. But priority, what's my priority? I'm not going to let some problem dictate my priority, get me out of peace, and now I'm no good for anything. Because when I'm out of peace and I'm so focused on this problem and everything, why did this even happen? And nothing is going my way and this is going to be such a big deal. And listen, I had other things to do with my week that were probably more important. But I had to deal with the problem. But my priorities were still like, we're going to have church, baby. It's going to be okay. We're going to keep reaching people. I'm not going to let a little bit of water keep me from taking a truck out there and minister to people, give food away to people that need it, and reach. We had four people come to know Jesus. Come on. Priority. What is priority? So what is priority in your life? Is it the problem? Is it the flood? Is it the storm? Or is it what God has put you here to do? Come on. If, If we just lose our peace because of a problem, then priorities are out the window. Our priorities are other problems and everything. Like we just want things to just be hunky-dory. And listen, we've got to keep our priorities right, that God has put you here in 2021 in the middle of a global pandemic on purpose because there's people that need hope. There's people that are, like Jesus, their hearts are melting with fear because of what's going on. And Jesus put us here with peace to distribute to other people. Priority. We've got to keep priorities. In other words, we're not living this life just for this life. This life is not all about this life. This life is about living for God and helping other people to know God so that they can be with Him, right? Uh, so we, we, sometimes we just got to rise above the storm. You all ever know what it's like above the storm? Something like above the storm. There's an above the storm, and it's completely different. We go through hurricanes and big storms all the time, and we see it from the bottom vantage point. All the wind, the rain, the floods, all that kind of stuff, we see that. But if you were to take a plane and fly up through the middle of that storm, you would come out onto the top of the storm. And when you get on the top of the storm, you can Google the images. There is sunrise and sun, and it is calm and peaceful, and you can see for miles. When you're in a storm, you're lucky to see your neighbor's house. You know what I'm talking about? We had those kind of rains. But when you rise above that storm, all of a sudden you see from a vantage point you can't see when you're in the storm but you'll never see that unless you go through the storm unless you push through that so how do we rise above the storm great question thanks for asking you need the promises of God you need to know that God is with you that he's faithful that he's going to be with you in the middle of it you need the promises of God in the storm to rise above it if you're going to get above the storm you need the right people in your life you need the right voices to call you up and say hey don't lose your priorities stay on track it's going to be okay let's pray together you need the right people if you're going to rise above the storm you need to let your words line up with your decision. I could have made the decision in my heart, I'm going to live in peace. I'm not going to get upset. And then when we were here with people, and listen, can I tell you, we were able to have church today, and everything was dried, and everything because so many leaders and people on our team brought fans. We're here sweeping water out, sucking water out of the carpet, setting things up. Like, it was a team effort, and it happened because of our team. Come on. It was awesome. But if I had made the decision in my heart, I'm going to live in peace, but then my words were going a different direction, well, yeah, this was so bad, and it's, it's probably going to ruin things. And it's just, then, then really, I'm not rising above the storm. I'm bringing everybody else to the level to stay under the storm. Yeah, right. 
I've got to let my words line up with my decisions. And if you want to rise above the storm, listen, you need time alone with God before, during, and after the storm. Come on. We've got to rise above the storm. It's just sometimes that when we're in a storm, we make a big deal out of things that aren't a big deal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anybody ever done that before? Nobody in here. Um, I'll just say it one more time for those in the back. Sometimes we make a big deal out of things that just aren't a big deal. My Wi-Fi is not working, and we lose our peace or whatever it is, you know. Just, just ask yourself this question when you're ready to give up your peace for something that's going on. Is it going to matter in 30 years? Right. Why? Because I'm living with priority. Is it going to matter in 10 years? Is it going to matter in five minutes? You know, like some things just aren't a big deal. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We just got to remember uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, the Apostle Paul is writing. He reminds us how to live with the right priority when we're going through things. He says, therefore, we are always confident. Tell somebody sitting near you, say, I'm confident. confident. He says, we are always confident and know that as long as we are home in the body, as long as we are living in these physical bodies on this earth, we are away from the Lord, right? You're not in heaven right now. You're here with us, right? So we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and even would prefer to be away from this body and at home with the Lord. So he's just describing kind of the tension that as believers that we have sometimes, like we want to live this life. We want to be with our family and live. But at the same time, there's this thing in us like, I want to be with Jesus. Like it's good for me to be here with y'all. But so there's this tension, right? I want to be in heaven. I want to be with God. uh, But I'm here on this earth. So he's describing this tension. So then I I don't know about y'all, but when I leave this earth, I want to be with Jesus. Anybody with me? Come on. So what do we do? We're dealing with this tension. We're dealing with this life. He says, we make it our goal to make more money. Come on, it's a little too quiet. Don't make me, don't let me get away with things. He says, we make it our goal to get the bigger house with a beach view and a pool and a lanai. No. He says, we make it our goal to become insta-famous, baby. Let's go. No. We make it our goal to have everything exactly the way we want and never have any problems. No. He says, we make it our goal to please him to please God, whether we are home in the body, whether here on this earth, or whether we are in heaven, away from it. Why? We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Interesting. The way we live this life matters, and everything that we do, the good and the bad, will be seen. It will be brought before Christ, and he says, we will be judged. We will receive something based on how we live. So the way that we live our life matters. So the way that we live, that's why I say life is not all about this life. Life is about knowing God and helping other people to know God as well. Listen, you can live any way you want. (laughs) You can live for anything you want. Just realize that everything we do in this life affects eternity. It's priorities, getting things in line, that it's not all about what I can do right here. Uh, In fact, Scripture even says that in reference to this passage, there are some things that we do that God views as not very valuable and some things that we do that He views as valuable. And if you want to know what that definition is, it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Got some homework. You can go home and look it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. God kind of defines, He's like, these things on this day that He's talking about, when you stand before Jesus, He says, these things are going to be burned up in the fire like sticks. And these things will remain like pure silver and gold. There's some things that are valuable, some things that don't. So what are you living for? What are you living for? Well, we just got to realize and get to the place. If we want to live in the peace of God, we've got to untangle some things. You know, um, it's it's like when you go get a massage. Anybody else love a massage? I got both hands. And I'm going to raise a foot. 
You know, like, that's great. Please go to a masseuse, but don't stop there. Let's untangle the inside knots, the things that get our priorities off track. Let's untangle some things with the Spirit of God and begin to live for priority, live for eternity. And listen, it doesn't mean that living for eternity and priorities, come on, they're learning Jesus over there. Living this way, it doesn't mean that it's easy to go through stuff. It's not. It doesn't make it right. So, you know, sometimes we go through painful things. It doesn't take it away, but it just helps us live in the peace of God, right? Come on. It's just in, in, in the valley, in the flood, I'm just glad to be surrounded by a bunch of people who are going to live in the peace of God. Amen? Come on. I'm talking about you, Victory. Let's go. Uh, so we're talking about ways to live this way, live in the peace of God. Number one, everything is not in your control. Number two, keep your priorities on track. Here's the last one today. Give God thanks for everything, big and small, good and bad. Just give God thanks for everything. Um, at least it didn't, wasn't a sewer line. Come on, give God thanks for everything. We might have flooded, but I still have peace. Come on. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. One that I pray on a regular basis over my family and over you guys. Um, and just so you know, I pray for you regularly. He sa- it says this. It describes how we access the peace of God. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So really quite simple. Two choices, two decisions. One decision leads to anxiety, worry, fear, depression. The other decision leads to the the peace of God. And it's based upon, don't, don't be anxious about anything, but instead... Through prayer, with thanksgiving, come on, give thanks to God in everything. He says, when we do that, he says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Come on. The doorway to living in the peace of God is just giving him thanks in everything, in the good, in the bad, in the big, and the small. Just giving God thanks. God, I thank you for this this thing that I'm going through right now. God, I thank you that even though there's this diagnosis, you haven't left me. I thank you that you are my healer. God, I thank you that even in this flood, you are with me, that it's not going to take me out. It's not going to stop me from doing what you've called me to do. We can give God thanks in everything, and one decision will lead you towards peace, and another decision will lead you towards anxiety and worry and fear. Come on. We're just going to be those that are going to choose to live in peace. Amen. Anybody with me? Come on. You have peace. Let's continue to live in it. And I know sometimes we start talking about like people like, well, you know, they just get in a situation and it's just so easy to say, you know, they're worried about this. And you're right. It is easy to say words. We all say them. It is easy to just say how you feel. I mean, feelings are there. We're not denying that feelings are there, but it's just as easy as it is to express how you feel in a moment. It's just as easy to open your mouth and praise God instead. It's just as easy. I think it's actually easier to give God praise because it's what's already in me. Because it's what I put in me. The problem is, is that sometimes it's easier to express our feelings because all we put in ourselves is all the worry and the fear from everything else. But come on, it's easy to open your mouth in a moment and give God praise. It, it doesn't have to be this big, overly spiritual ritual. I mean, you can say it the way the scripture says it, or you can just say, thank you, God, for being with me. You can just be, just talk to God like you. Just praise God like you. God, I don't even know what to say, but thank you for this flood. <laughs> you know, like, you can thank God in the middle of anything. And when you do, you know it's easy because 
It's instant access to the peace of God. That's what makes it so easy is you already know the end of the story. That when you thank God, His peace is going to come and be a guard around you. A shield around you, right? Uh, I just encourage you, what are you going to choose? We're going to choose the peace of God. We're going to choose to praise Him. We're going to choose thanksgiving. There's an interesting story, Luke chapter 17. Um, Jesus is traveling to Jerusalem, it says, and he's going on the border between two cities, Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, socially distant. Come on, in our terms. That's funny. These guys were socially distant. They called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So here's Jesus. He's traveling uh, to a city, again, going out of his way. And as he's coming up to this village, it says these 10 guys are there outside of the city and they have this skin disease, leprosy. And it uh, at that time was incurable. There was no cure for it. And when people had it, they were cast out of society. They had to live outside in the wilderness. And it was because it was so uh, it's easy to transmit. And the skin disease would, would cause the skin to decay and die. And it was itchy and skin would fall off. And as it got more advanced, like it would eat away at, at, at fingers and arms and like horrific stuff. And that's what these guys are dealing with. And so here they are coming to Jesus. Jesus, heal us. Please help us. And he's, when Jesus saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. So Jesus, he sees them, gives them instructions. And isn't it interesting that their healing is tied to their obedience? As they went, then they were healed. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to heal you in this great moment. He said, no, please just go show yourself to the priest. And as they go, there's this healing that begins to take place, right? Um, it says one of them on their journey to see the priest, he saw he was healed. Like the itching started to stop and his skin was starting to change. I believe it was mid-miracle, halfway to the priest. He's walking and he's noticing like things, things are changing. It says he, when he saw he was healed, he turned around, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Now see, Samaritans were a different, different ethnic group than the Jews. They weren't supposed to mix together. But here he is, the Bible is pointing out this guy wasn't even supposed to be close to Jesus. And yet he was the only one out of ten. One out of ten that came back when he realized he wasn't even completely healed yet. He was in the middle of the process. And can you imagine being in that group of ten and all of a sudden you're going to the priest and one guy turns around to go back. Hey, hey, Jesus said we're supposed to go this way. I gotta thank him. Uh, like, you're not even healed. I, I gotta thank him for the little bit that he's done already and he's sprinting back to Jesus not even just thanking God a little bit thank you God for helping me I don't want anybody to think I'm weird no it says he was praising God in a loud voice thank you Jesus it says he threw himself at Jesus feet just to thank him not amazing Jesus asked were there not ten that were healed where are the other nine has no one returned to give God praise except this foreigner then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Some translations say your faith has made you whole. Come on. I believe maybe one of the most profound questions in the Gospels that Jesus asked, where are the nine? Where are the nine? There were ten people healed. Where are the nine? Why is there only one that came back to give God praise? And here, here's what I want you to see. Just like that, the nine forgot what it was like to itch. Just like that, they forgot the death sentence over their life. Just like that, it was just like, well, yeah, of course, that's what Jesus does. He heals. So, you know, thank. And I wonder sometimes if we're not part of the nine. You know, like we forget sometimes the pit that Jesus pulled us out. 
we forget the darkness and the hopelessness that Jesus came and, and brought us out of and set us free from. And now we just expect God to do the things for us because he's God and he's supposed to and all that kind of stuff rather than being the one who says, you saved me and if that's all you ever did, I'm gonna thank you and praise you with a loud voice. I'm gonna praise you and everything. I'm not even healed all the way and I, I, I can't stay silent. I, I can't wait another minute but to get before you and say thank you. God, thank you for whatever it is that comes my way. I praise you in the storm. I praise you in the flood. Thank you for sustaining my life. Thank you for being faithful to me. Thank you for never leaving me. Thank you for this breath you gave me. Thank you, God. Sometimes we just gotta get back to being the one. I'm looking at a room full of ones. Come on, I'm looking at a room full of people like, I don't know about y'all, but I'm just, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be part of the one that says in everything, good and bad, big and small, God, I give you praise. Not because of what's happening, because he's still God, because he's still good, because he's still with me. He never left me in the past. He's not leaving me in the future. He never let me starve in the past. He's not going to let me starve in the future. Come on, I'm going to give God praise in everything. Expressing gratitude. When it's just a reminder for us today, let's not forget Let's not forget what it felt like to itch. Come on, let's get to our feet today. I believe God wants to stir some things up in us today. Lord, I thank you that you're here in this place right now. You're moving in us today. God, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the peace that you've given each and every one of us. Peace inside of us from the Prince of Peace. Peace that in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a flood, in the middle of things falling apart, in the middle of our deepest pain and the darkest night, peace that we can live in, that we can have joy in, that we can give you thanks in. God, I thank you that peace, the realization that we already have it, it's ours. We can live in it. So I thank you, God, for this amazing gift of peace. Maybe you're here today and as we've been speaking, you realize maybe you've been part of the nine. Where just got to the place in life maybe you forgot what it was like before you found Jesus you forgot what it was like before he delivered you before he saved you today it's just just that realization yeah I need to get back to that place just just being a thankful person just the practice of praising God with your voice giving God thanks with your words even if you don't know what to say sometimes I'm in that place I don't know what to say when I was looking at that water I was just like well praise the Lord well, thank you, Jesus. If that's all you got, you got all you need, baby. But maybe you find yourself in that place and you're, the Holy Spirit is, is, is tugging your heart to say, hey, you're, you're the one. You are the one. And we need to get back to that place. And, and in this moment, God is renewing in you that spirit of gratitude, the practice of praising God with your voice, of giving Him thanks and everything. Why don't we do it right now? Let's just begin to thank God for, for whatever it is. Just If you woke up today, you can thank God. If you've got breath in your lungs today, you can thank God. You're, you're living in a country where you can freely come to church and, and worship God as you please. You can give Him thanks. If you've got food to eat today, you can give Him thanks. So Lord, we thank You for everything, good and bad, big and small. God, I just thank You in this place. We are going to be those. Your praises will be on our lips. Your thanks to You will be heard in our house, will be heard from our voices. God, I thank you that as we do, your peace would come in. I thank you your peace would surround us. It would guard our hearts and our minds through Christ. I thank you just for that overwhelming peace. Peace to rise up on the inside. 
thank you for listening to the Victory Orlando Church Podcast. We hope today's message helps you take another step closer to knowing God and finding freedom through His Word.